0: Welcome to the Life Unhyped podcast where we talk about all of the wins but more importantly the losses that shape us during our most vulnerable moments. We keep it real, uncut, and direct for the fans. I am your host Andrew Manley. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome everybody to Life Unhyped. I got a very special guest today. All my guests are special of course. We got Andrew, aka Lloyd, in the house. Um, say what's up, bro. Yo, what up? How you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right. I mean, had a weird, weird night of sleep, but I'm okay.
0: Nice, nice. Um, man. So, what's today's date? Just as reference, October 10th. Today is 10 10 19. And basically, what we got going on? We got um, most of the years over with. A lot's happened on my side of the table, on your side of the table. Um Part of why I got you on the show today is because you're a prime example of somebody I've known now for nine years, maybe. We're going on eight, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I want to kind of get into the cut of your life. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on and we want to share with, pe- uh, with people out there who are on the struggle um, and kind of talk about what makes life interesting, what makes it hard, all of the things that make life life and figure out how we can bring a little bit more understanding to the day to day. So um so let's kind of start in the beginning. You and I met back in 2000 and
1: I think 2010, 10. yeah.
0: Yeah, that was crazy because we started off at my at my old studio <coughs> which was in downtown Pomona. Uh, when I started my camera shop and you were doing some work for a clothing company and uh, it's so funny, we always laugh about this, but when we actually met each other it was because, um, um, well, you looked, you looked a lot different back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, geez. um I mean, no joke, like it was it was a real thing. Like I don't, I, I, I don't realize how far you've come until I look back and find photos from back then. I'm just like, dude, who is this motherfucker right here? Like, you look so different, but it was a different time, and um, I think what originally caught my eye with you was uh, at the time, he had this old Canon 1D, original 1D camera, and, you know, he's this young kid with this professional camera back then, and, uh, and I was asking him, I was like, dude, what the fuck do you know about that camera, you know?
1: It's a 1D Mark <laughs> one, bro. <laughs> it's the OG. I think it was like a four megapixel camera. Mm-hmm yeah I saw so it was terrible on that camera <laughs> yeah it's like
0: you know when I obviously when I was starting the shop at the time I'm meeting a lot of young photographers um reason why that caught you know that camera caught my interest with you is because most people who are getting into photography are not buying a 1d you know what I'm saying' because at the time in 2010 you know you Already, the 5D1 and the 5D2 have already been out, you know, full-frame cameras. So even if you're using an old camera, you are still going to be using either like a 40D at the time or maybe a 5D Mark I, you know. There's really not a lot of uses for an old-school 1D camera, you know. So I don't know at the time if you were originally just always looking for that or you just kind of ended up just getting one for, I don't I mean, why did you have one?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, damn, I went through a lot of cameras through my my early phases. I actually went through film cameras, and then I think my first digital camera was a XSI, a silver XSI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sold that. I think I bought an iPhone or something. Sold that iPhone, because it was a piece of shit. And then I bought a 1D Mark I, um, knowing nothing about it, I guess, other than- It was cheap. It was cheap, <laughs> and- Something about the sensor would, um, it would look like film, kind of. Yeah, the CCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a totally different look, I I guess, and something I, I fell in love with, but also hated at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That camera, it's it's funny. If you guys are not photographers, I mean, this probably doesn't even, you know, it you won't, won't even register with you. But, I mean, just imagine having, having like, an old car today that, like, doesn't really do anything well. You know, it, like, everything is very difficult um but there are things about that camera that are really cool so like you know you can imagine I'm seeing a young kid with this camera you know it really kind of caught my eye and so like I knew there was a reason why you had it but um you know listening to it now because I never really asked you I mean you said you might have bought it for a handful of reasons but um it's cool because I know that at the time it's um you don't have a camera like that unless you do some homework There's, there's a reason why you own it you know what I'm saying like, I think there's a, it's easy for a lot of people to get into photography and just buy, like, a Rebel and say, hey, look, I was walking in Costco and it was on sale and I just picked it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, buying a 1D is like buying an air-cooled Porsche. You don't just, you don't just freaking get one. You got to, like, hunt for one. You know what I'm saying? So, I think for me, at the time, when there's a lot of punk-ass kids coming through the shop, you know, um, not, not, not the shop, but the studio, you got a lot of these young kids coming through who are just mindlessly doing stuff. And funny enough, like, I mean, you know, Alec was my first guest, but, you know, he was, I mean, I was always busting his balls about doing dumb shit, right? I mean, I always still think, I don't know, we talked about this last time, but when he was trying to freeze the dog piss in the carpet, like, with the compressed <laughs> can, <laughs> I mean, like, a motherfucker did that. Like, he took a compressed can, flipped it upside down, and he was trying to freeze the dog piss. And so, it's like, man, man, a lot of, you gotta imagine, you guys were, you guys were 18 years old at the time, right? So, it's like... I'm witnessing this. I'm, you know, at the time in 2010, I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these young kids, man? These kids are fucked up, dude. So, you know, to me, it was kind of interesting at least to see that. But um, the evolution of your life has been interesting, just like it has been for Alec and whatnot. But, you know, excuse me. So I think kind of to bring all of this in perspective, the reason why I wanted to bring you on today was because... Your, your life to this moment has been very unconventional. You know, you have not taken, you have not taken the steps to do a traditional Asian upbringing, right? Like you, you didn't go to college, no. like you didn't, you know, you know, you didn't work your ass off to get straight A's. You didn't do all of these things. Like you, kind of took your own route. And granted, today, you know, you're 27 years old, 27 and a half this month right? At the end of this month, you'd be 27 and a half. And when I think about it, it still trips me out because, you know, you guys are all like my little ducklings. You guys are all like my little brothers, you know what I'm saying? And when I see the fact that you guys are almost, you know, 30 years old, I met you guys before you guys were even 20, you know, two and a half years from now, you guys will be 30 years old. That is a trip, man. Like, you guys are kind of like all the things that we talked about growing up, you know, when I met you guys, like, you guys are in it right now. Like, you guys are in the thick of it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, to me, at the time, when I when you guys came into my life, there was a lot of things that I was trying to figure out, you know? When I met you, you're, you're almost two and a half years away from the time that I met you guys, right? And I had already been through a lot of, like, self-doubts and self-discoveries at that point, you know? And here you guys are, you know, I got married at 26, you know, I finished school, I was trying to find myself, I was working for myself, and sure enough, like I said, at age 30, I started one of my businesses, and then all of a sudden I'm meeting these young kids, and I'm like, man, what is going on? Like, these young kids are just a little <laughs> different, right? And I remember at the time just being just uh, just kind of irritated with uh, a lot of you youngsters, you know, I felt like you guys were kind of doing stuff that was kind of stupid, but you know, um, granted, over time, I realized, like, I had a kind of a big, you know, I have a big heart. And so, and know, I try to open up to you guys and try to figure out, like, where I can help out and whatnot. But, you know, let's kind of zoom back to 2010. You're 18 years old. Um, there was definitely, at the time, I think uh, one year after I met you, towards the end of our space, because um, we eventually moved out in September of 2011. But at that time, you were going through a lot of stuff in your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, my parents went through a foreclosure, so fuck, it was crazy. Um, I, w- I remember that day uh, specifically. I remember waking up and having the sheriff's pound on the door, and then telling me that I have to get out. Mind um, keep in mind that our our house is like filled with all our shit still. Like, there's it's like this. It's like it's everything. Crap it's, everywhere. It's I, <laughs> no, it's literally like your whole life's being um, just. They they tell you to get out. They're changing the locks and shit, you're ready to go. Did you did you know that day was coming or did just your parents did they tell you? No, my parent I mean my you know, Asian family, yeah, they yeah, yeah. they're very sheltered. So they they don't tell you anything. I mean, my dad was just trying to be like a hard ass or whatever. He he wouldn't tell my mom either, so my mom didn't know. Oh, dang. No, dude, nobody in the family knew. <laughs> so I woke up that day like I was, it was just a fucking wave of emotions. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I can see that now, you know, like, I remember at the time we we were sitting at the park across the street and like, you know, it was just me and you out there. I mean, I know at the time you were kind of out there. I know you were going through an emotional spat and I came out and talked to you, see how I can maybe help out. But You know, man, it's tough. You know, like we talked about a lot of that growing up, how we had very similar upbringings. We, you know, we worked. I mean, I grew up in swap meets, you know, selling socks. Um, You worked at your parents' convenience store. Um, And at a very young age, you know, we're hustling, we're grinding, and we got to do whatever it takes to make the family flow. You know what I'm saying? Like none of that shit came easy. Like it was all hard, you know? And I think that's the reason why you and I, I always felt like, like I can always try to guide you because I felt like you were a much younger version of myself, right? Like, and I just felt like the things that I did that you didn't do, I felt like, like it's like you're you're getting a step up, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because oh, you know, you know I me, mean? like in college, I always feel like college, for the most part, you know, didn't really serve me, you know, a great deed, you know what I'm saying? I met some great people in college, but outside of that, you know, college for me was kind of a uh, it was just a big toss-up of of time mm-hmm. wasted. I think you know that's that's just my personal experience. But you know, you went out at the time. I remember you were doing some. Are you were doing some assistant work? You kind of had a jack of all trades type of skill sets. You know, you were doing a little bit of video, doing photos. You were doing like yeah. were cooking in the kitchen. I mean, like
1: Fuck. <laughs> then I slowly transitioned into like web development and yeah, um. Dude, I don't I don't know. It was like eighteen to twenty was such a a weird time for me. I also had like a lot of anger. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I don't I don't even know what to say, bro. Yeah. Well it's
0: um it's just one of those things that I think um, you know, part of you know, what's important about this podcast is that, you know, part of being unhyped is that there's a lot of shit that people go through. You know what I'm saying? People are so busy you know, flaunting, you know, what they got and you know, you know, what what they've done to contribute to being the Joneses and shit. And and for me, it's it's like to me, all those all of those things that you went through, that's that's helped you become a better you. You know what I'm saying? That's hardened you. That's made that's given you more skills. And that's allowed you to be the person you are today. Granted you're still not where you want to be you know what i'm saying but life's that's the thing like i was confused through my all of my 20s i was confused through you know probably a third of my 30s and then probably my mid 30s i was i felt like i was in a good place and now the last 2 years of my 30s i feel like i'm all kind of fucked again right cuz i feel like i'm kind of i feel like i'm back in college i feel like i'm fully confused again mm-hmm. and so and, and funny enough, you know, like all, you know, through most of my thirties, I had my shit together, but you know, it's, it's like life has these cycles of like, just kind of flowing, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. And so part of you having this life of that, that had a lot of character where you had to go through, I mean, shit, if a cop knocked on my door and said to get the fuck out, like, man. I'm like, what? Like, I mean, that's a real awakening, you know? Like, so you went through that <laughs> cops knock on the door.
1: What happened? Uh, they gave us like three hours to get shit out. They changed the locks, and that was it. That was literally it, bro. So
0: you guys had all your stuff still inside the house.
1: Yeah, literally all the stuff was inside the house. I think they would give us uh another two weeks before we can get anything else out. But
0: well, it was because you guys had to go to court
1: yeah i mean the house literally got foreclosed on um and there was literally i, I there's nothing nothing really we could do i mean my i mean later down the line we got the house back but it took like two years or three years and a lawyer and uh, granted there's equity in the house but like it was such a weird time for my parents and for me i mean at that point i, would, I didn't even talk to my parents like uh, you,
0: you were just mad at your dad.
1: Yeah. What about your mom? I
0: mean, I... <laughs> yeah, man. You know, let it out, bro. Let it out, man. I know it's uh, it's still a lot of real pain, dude. And <clears throat> take a breather, man. Get a drink of water. This is this is real, bro. This is life on hype right here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: had a feeling i was gonna fucking like have emotions on this shit
0: yeah man i mean i'm glad i mean obviously it, it it's i'm glad you are because it's uh i then now i know i mean not that now i know i've always known but like i know it's it's a real thing you know what i'm saying like those emotions obviously meant that you had a real connection to that experience you know some people would just try to harden themselves and say hey look fuck you know whatever is gonna happen and you just try to get past it but you know, it's it's um it's one of those things that happened at a very tender age. And, um, you know, I think what what's important about that lesson is that you never know, man, you never know in this life when things are going to take a turn. You know what I'm saying? And I can imagine how it was for your dad. And I've had some similar experiences where my dad's probably been something similar. But your dad probably didn't want to tell nobody because he was like, I'll, I'll fix this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll probably make this right. You know, whatever the case is, you don't know what your dad was going through, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might've said, hey, look, he might've been selfish or this or that, but at the same time, you know, your dad, it's so funny because us, our parents being immigrants into this country, man, you gotta think about how hard it is for them to come into this country, try to find a way to make money, you know what I'm saying? And then you had to go through all this crazy shit and all of a sudden you're losing your house and, you know, you don't want to get your family involved. And the fact that he didn't even tell your mom that I mean, that kind of tells me something. Like your dad was really probably in it to fight, you know, and he was probably really, really conflicted. And you know, your dad, he doesn't speak a lot of English, you know what I'm saying? So he was probably like felt very. And I don't know how if he if he's connected in like you know the community of you know from where he comes from, but if if you if you're if you're kind of pushed into the corner, like you know he he was probably really like scared. You know, I'm pretty sure all of you guys were in obviously. That happened to you guys, man. That was a real eye-opener. And I, I know at the time, you guys probably lived in... Like, was it a hotel or a motel or something? Like, down the street or something? Uh,
1: they... Like, at that point, I literally did not want to talk to them anymore. So, I was living at um, one of my ex-girlfriends at the time. Her house for probably six or seven months just on the couch. Um, shit. And then they lived at one of my cousin's house for, like, six or seven months. Yeah. But they were literally... They were at the on the couch too, so it was just a wild time for everybody, I guess. And I mean, I think that kind of like I pushed myself away, just because I I literally could not speak to them. What I did was just like threw myself into work, I guess. Yeah.
0: And at the time, your brother was away in college. Your older brother was in college, and yeah. he was kind of well. It seemed like he was a little bit probably more oblivious to what was happening because you know he was away like
1: he didn't get to see it firsthand like but, no he was on mount SAC at the, at the point oh really okay so he, he was already he was mount. still at mount SAC. um but he was going through a lot of shit too i mean that put a lot of pressure on him i mean at one point he like shaved his eyebrows yeah just because yeah. he was so emotionally distressed or like he had ptsd or something like right it was crazy man
0: damn so obviously so at 18 years old your life got real, real fast, real, <laughs> real fast. I mean, and at the time, of course, like school and stuff is not a priority for you because you're just trying to, yo, you are just trying to live, you know, you're just like, what the fuck? I don't
1: even have a house to live in. I was working at the Disney store trying to put on a fake smile every day. Mm-hmm. Like, hi, welcome to the Disney store.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like, fuck, where am I going after this?
1: Yeah. What the fuck's going on with my life? And yeah. um, thank God I got into like photography and video and, had a, like a, a bigger outlet for for my shit.
0: Yeah, and I think um it's just it's just it's just that. It's just that living in California, you got to have skills, man. Like you got to have backups, a backups, of backups, you know, cuz you never know when some when the shit's going to hit the fan, you know? And sure enough, here you are. So you and I remember there was a time where you were starting to like like get into like coding or you were doing web stuff first were doing like web design or maybe like web coding or something
1: yeah like mostly wordpress apps or wordpress um blogs html straight html sites uh i mean that's that's generally i mean i did that for maybe five years straight
0: yeah it's so funny because looking uh, thinking back on all those years when we're at um our old spot it's like every, I mean, there was so many damn freaking characters in that space, but it's like everyone started to become known for something, right? Like I was a photography guy. Then there was you doing web stuff and there was the design guy. And then you have, um, just all these people doing just different types of things. And it was like a community within a community of people just like, you know, trying to barter skill sets and, you know, trying to, Make things work circumstantially, you know, trying to pay the rent or whatever the case is. And so it was a wild time, man. Like, you know, I was thirty years old. You guys were eighteen, So uh, you know, I know probably the the history of all that is a little bit more wonky because I was a little bit in a better setting, I think. But, you know, so that time comes by, you know, Alec was my assistant at the time, and you were working for somebody else. and Um, Eventually the year goes by It was a really wild year Um, The following year You did some work for me At the shop My shop was just developing I didn't really have A lot of money to go around You were making Like a couple hundred bucks Uh, Eventually you were like Hey dude I think I want to get into Coding or something And I was like I think that's a great idea Because you can tell That you were You were like Committed to it Because you just had A lot of Self-interest In wanting to code but now you're in almost nine years,
1: yeah, or eight years, about eight years or so. And I would say maybe like six years, really knowing what I'm doing, but I really still don't know what I'm doing.
0: That's but that's so crazy because like you've been and you're you're mainly like self-taught, right? I mean, you're you went online to try to figure out yeah. things that you didn't know
1: and um, Stack Overflow. I mean, all the forums you could possibly go on, uh, YouTube, lots of YouTube, but like, yeah, for the for the most part, self-taught. And
0: so let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, somewhere in 2012, 2013, you kind of went for it. You like dug, you just jumped into the deep end and said, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. Then you've, then like, you know, I was seeing you look more and more sparsely because it's just like you were dedicated to the craft. You're working for different people. And... Looking back now, now that you've had, you know, at least five years under your belt, right, or more, like, what have you, what kind of realizations have you come to, like, after doing this for five plus years?
1: Burnout. Lots of burnout. <laughs> <laughs> um, mentally, emotionally, I mean, I mean, it's probably the same with uh, all the shit you do, but, like, when I code, I'm, I'm introspective, I'm, talking and like trying to learn and talking to myself working out problems but literally there's nobody to talk to like yo what about this blah blah blah." like why is this not working and I'm just just me it's just me and the computer and my keyboard and I'm looking at the keyboard and I'm looking at the code and I'm like what the fuck and then it becomes one semicolon or like one fucking some like stupid error and you're like oh my god I spent four hours on this bullshit (laughs) dude and that's a crazy
0: thing because Um, actually I was just talking to new about this yesterday about, um, when you do something by yourself, it is, I mean, you're an introvert by nature. I'm an extrovert, but I think whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, when you do something by yourself with nobody to volley off of, it's really damning, dude. Like you're just like, fuck this. Right. And, but somehow you get drawn back in and there's a constant flow of like anger and frustration and just like, fuck this. And, you know, like, you know, I've gotten source of all sorts of stuff in the last year that I'm just like, nah, oh, bro, I'm good. And, and like, you have nobody to talk to, you know, like you get into something new, you, you know, you gotta get into new communities and all that shit. That just takes a long time. And so I understand it, man. Like you just get to the point where you're like, dude, fuck this. <laughs> But this is your job. I mean, you yeah. get paid to do this. So you got to find solutions.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to find a solution, especially if you're the only developer. And that's usually the case because a lot of these startups don't have the capital to hire more developers. Yeah. So. And and funny
0: enough, I think, similar to my story and your story, is that um, you didn't have that type of mentorship in, in that industry. Like, you... Just had to learn it on your own, you know what I'm saying? So we live kind of in an interesting time where you can learn how to do things on your own, but at the same time, fuck you kind of sometimes you hit a ceiling, right? Because you're just like, well, I mean, I can't I don't know where else to go or where yeah, you, else to look. You, you definitely
1: know? plateau, yeah, I would say, um I plateaued until. Maybe I moved to San Jose, and then I realized that I knew nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I forgot about that. Let's actually back that up. So you actually were working in Irwindale for a a few years, um, and then you got this opportunity to go up north and be in the heart of fucking all this technology. You were living in San Jose in um, what area again? Santana Row. Santana Row. Yeah, where all the fucking like, nerds <laughs> and ballers were.
1: Yeah, right above uh, Gucci and Tesla.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. Like uh, that had been an interesting year. I mean, you were there for one year, I believe.
1: A year and a half, maybe close to two years. But shit, it was that was a fucked up time for me, too. I mean, yeah, like, I'm said, like I it, like I literally when I moved up there, I felt like i knew nothing and i was worth nothing Mm. because i was getting paid maybe 30 grand 28 24 grand a month or a year whatever yeah while people are getting paid 300 grand a year yeah 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 um and my friends who were like not really my friends but like i would call them consider my friends because i hung out with my boss whose friends were employees of apple vps of apple uh, more employees of Apple, VP of marketing for Samsung, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's 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 really hard to relate to people when you're not at their status. Or I I really don't know how to explain it. Like it's it's kind of weird because they just look down upon you. Sure. But they also they also see potential in you. But they also look down upon you. Well, I feel like if. Um
0: if some asshole who's at the top Is trying to fuck with you it's, it's because he's trying to figure out How to make money off of you, right? Because it's just like How can I use this motherfucker? And like Oh shit, he's good at this Let me, let me You know, let me use that to my advantage, you know And so I think that's what's kind of tough Is that, you know, we live um, <clears throat> I was meeting um a, a month ago I was talking to this guy who traveled to Asia a lot And uh, he said he was in Thailand for about like six years And I was like, oh man, dude, how's Thailand? He goes, oh, Thailand's beautiful. I'd love to retire there. But he goes, I would never, ever do business again, ever in Thailand. And he said that people in Thailand will fuck you over. Like they will stab you in the back for business. And it's like a normal thing over there in Thailand to fuck over like business partners and business relationships if you can make more money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is crazy. I mean, he was like, it is so bad in Thailand um versus any other you know country in asia but i mean just imagine if that was like that here which i mean you're going to definitely get scratches of that here but you always got to be careful who you fuck with because people are out there just trying to fucking level up on somebody else's energy you know what i'm saying and so it's um to me it's like the world the world is so difficult the world is already so hard as it is And, like, you constantly have to find ways to have it make sense, right? And then you're still trying to figure out who you are and all of those things, right? And so you're up there. You're fucking with people out of your pay grade. It's almost like when Kevin Hart was like, I don't fuck with basketball players no more because every time we go out, they're fucking ordering, you know, the top drinks and everything. And then they're getting, like, $80,000 bottles and He's like, bro, I can't afford this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I got to stop fucking with you guys because it's like, it's not not healthy for my wallet because I'm not on that level yet. I mean, today it might be a little different because it's Kevin Hart's much bigger, but it's just one of those things that I'm always careful with, especially in the circles that I run with because you're running with people with all sorts of deep pockets, right? And I'm like, yo, that's dope, man. Like, you guys are doing you. I'm not even anywhere near your status. So like- I'll fuck with you, like, on a Saturday. But, like, I won't fuck with you on a Tuesday because I'm like, dude, you guys are just, you know, you we just live different lives, you know, and I, resp- and I respect that fact. Like, I don't, there's some people who will get jealous and go, yo, like, I need to be on that level so they'll do anything to, you know, to ride someone's back or try to beg them for, like, help or whatever the case is. My thing is, like, yo, you're, like, eight levels above me. And that's cool. Like, I'm okay with where I'm at. And, you know, it's not like I'm, Not trying to be progressive, but I respect the fact that if someone's above me, they're just above me. You know what I'm saying? Some people find that they feel small when that happens. And that's why people have a way to constantly try to flex all the time, right? Because they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I I have something nice too. And it's like, bro, I mean, if you're always having to to remind people that you have something to kick it, then you're just not in the right circles, Exactly. You, know, you know what i'm saying and so that's kind of and that's just a big thing for me with, with this podcast is just man it's okay to be you it's okay that you don't have something or you live that you don't live like 80 percent of the population It's just it's going to take you a little bit longer or maybe you don't want the same things you know it's it could be a plethora of reasons but it's okay to be outside the standard does that make sense no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think you and I have been more and more on that same page because it's like constantly people are feeling like people love to make people feel like they're not up to level, up to par, right? Like, oh, this is the new par right here. Like you gotta have four cars by the time you hit thirty years old, or you gotta you gotta have, you know, two houses or you gotta have, have traveled half the world or
1: Yeah. I mean they set these like unreal expectations for somebody and you're like, yo, I got to do this before this and that before that, and I got to do this. I, had to, I have to hit this goal before that goal and blah, blah, blah. And like, really? Do you really need to do all that? Because I'm just trying to do my day-to-day and that shit's hard enough, bro. Right. And I think, you know, I, I talked about this on my
0: last podcast with Eddie um, a couple podcasts ago. But I said this, like, I'm not, I'm not motivated by money. You know, like, m- money is not a reason for me to do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, money... As a part of a reason, but just to do something for a living to me is not a motivating factor. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be something way more to it. And so I'm at the point where I'm constantly reevaluating my life. I'm talking to people who have making or who like who is currently making shit ton of money above me, and saying, "Yo, like, are you happy? Like, just a simple question." And you, if you if you just start asking people that question, it's like, "Yo, are you happy?" And just don't say nothing. Just wait for them to talk. And you'll see like their emotional state, like flipping out, right? Cause it's like, how do I answer? That's a fucked up question. And it is a fucked up question. Cause it's like, I mean, like at what level of happy, you know what I'm saying? Or like, am I sacrificing my happy for tomorrow or whatever the case is, you know? And it's like, no, motherfucker. Like, are you happy? It's just a simple question. Are you happy?
1: Yeah. I'm, that's a crazy question. I mean, am I happy currently? I don't know. I think that's a that's a solid answer like i still got a lot of shit bottled up but like every day i try to try to just go go at it i guess but what i'm trying to do now is mostly cut out all my desires um i feel like i feel like that's like a lot of shit that like people need like it's it's like i have to have the best of the best or like i need a like i don't know there's there's a lot of to it to just like to not want anything or to be nobody yeah to To be able to just emotionally be there, present in the moment, and not care about what's happening in the future or what happened in the past, just to be present right now. And I mean, I, I quit smoking weed. That was a fucking craziness. Like
0: that is crazy. When you told me that the other day, you were like, "Oh yeah, actually quit, cut weed." Oh, I was at Calvin's party.
1: <laughs> you were like, "Yeah, actually." How long has it been? Uh, maybe 11, 12 days. Okay.
0: I mean, that's a that's a long time for somebody who smoked all the time.
1: Uh, yeah like maybe four years well I mean I've smoked since I was 18 but like heavily four or five years straight dabs wake up dab wake up dab eat lunch smoke a bowl uh sit on my computer smoke a bowl take a dab fucking five o'clock take a dab six o'clock take a dab seven o'clock take a dab nine o'clock take a dab like it, it literally consumed my life and I at that point, I didn't even want to drive or like do anything. I just wanted to smoke weed and I, I finally cut that out. And like, I come to the realization where, what the fuck was I really doing? Why am I suppressing all these feelings and emotions or like, why am I really doing this? And it just didn't make any sense. And I don't know, man, like shit. I, th- I think I needed that wake up call. So how do you feel after 11 days? Um, I'm having crazy lucid dreams. Weird dreams. Uh-huh. Uh, but, like, mentally, I feel a lot better. I mean, I feel like I don't have a crutch, um, which is something that I I should have got ridden of a long time ago. I just... It might have been all the other emotions that have bottled up or, like, all the other pain that I've been through, but I feel like now it's just I'm getting a second chance at living because I also just... I, I don't know man it's like it's like a alcoholic not drinking alcohol or a coffee drinker not drinking coffee. do you still desire to smoke no i I feel like i i literally cut out all the all those desires just not at all bro, okay, so do you feel like you can think more clear uh definitely I think more clear um I mean smoking amplifies all your thoughts, and that's what i i feel like. It amplifies a lot of things: your depression, your anxiety. Well, sometimes I don't understand how people can say like it it gets rid of anxiety. When when I smoked, I feel like I've got more anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't say it because I haven't smoked enough. I mean, I've casually done it, but I think um, for me. I think the only time, you know, the the handful of times that I've done it, what it allowed me to do and I was talking to my buddy Andrew about this over lunch yesterday was it allows me to stop being Asian. Meaning like it it, it allowed me to stop thinking. Because my thing is like when I'm not working, like I'm still mentally working. Mm -hmm. And that fucks me up because I can't, I have a hard time living in the present. I can't, I can't be in the present because I'm constantly worried about the future. That's that's my biggest fucking like. That's the biggest thing that fucks me every day. It's like fuck. Like, what are you doing to be more secure? Um, this about money. Um, you know. You know how you how are you you know what's the future for your son, for your wife, for your retirement, your parents. You know, all of these things are constantly badgering me, you know, and I'm constantly battling, like, what I still want to do in my 40s, right? And I'm still thinking, like, shit, man, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's all, life is just hard as fuck, and I'm just trying to make sense of it. And it's just, every day is just a badgering of the future. And so, for me to sit down and be with my son, you know, Calvin just turning 10, like, as the older he gets and the more that he becomes as reason kicks in, like I want to be more present because I don't want him to remember me as a guy to just that worked all the time. Like with us, our parents worked all the time. Circumstantially had to, because there was no plan B, you know what I'm saying? Like there was no fucking retirement plan. There's no fucking alimony, um, not alimony, but fucking uh, pensions and shit. And there's not stuff that's, that's laid out for them, you know? And so I think there's usually a lot of burden that comes with um, first, first born generation Asians, or any immigrant, is just that like, you know, your parents don't have a lot of they don't have a backup plan. And so for me to live in the present, it takes a lot of freaking effort. Like I can't I just can't do it. And so to me, I've gotten in the last two years, I I've been more and more like angst. Like I've had more anxiety than I've I've never had anxiety in my life. I've always just been, yo, whatever needs to be done. It's done. Like, I'll take care of it. Mm. But now I'm just like, I don't know, because I feel like once again, I'm kind of back in college and I feel confused again, except for the fact that I'm almost 40.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what's fucked up. But do you also feel like you're more creative in a sense where like everything that you're doing is just opening up your your emotions even more, like your creativity even more? I mean, you're in, you're in so many different things now, man. Yeah,
0: I got my hands on so many fucking things. And I don't know if I'm getting more creative or not, to be honest. I feel like... um I just feel, to be honest, I feel like I'm less creative right now because I feel like the stress is like getting to me. I feel like um, um, I think I'm at the point now where I'm just trying to churn out as much content without it being up to my par. Like you guys all know, like before, like like I would, I want like good stuff, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm almost like, nah, it's like it's okay if it's a B minus, you know what I'm saying? Like I, it's okay. Let's just let's just get it out, Uh and that's not my nature. But I just feel like, you know, like, and I think that's what's also bringing anxiety to my life is that I feel constantly like, you know, in this content creating world, it's like, even if you're a week ahead or two weeks ahead, it's fucking not enough, dude. You took a week off, then it's like you're behind again. Mm -hmm. So, like, I constantly feel like I'm behind, you know, all the time. And there's no end because it's like every day. Back in the day, think about magazines. They came out once a month. You have all this time in that month to try to get your shit together and put it out. But, like, it's like every fucking day, like, you gotta come out with new shit. Yeah, man. That's an Instagram lifestyle. Dude, <laughs> that shit is no joke, man. That is seriously a lot of uh, pressure. And so I feel like more and more I become numb in the head because I feel like between thinking about the future and then thinking about what needs to go out today. Um and then all the things that I dabble, dabble in like I feel like man, I don't know, I feel constantly I feel clouded in the mind, you know, and so I don't know man i i, I feel like how you guys were when you're eighteen, like I said, I just feel like i'm I'm kind of confused all over again with with having more options, like I have a little bit more options when i than i went when I was younger, but it's still a mind fuck every day, like I still feel like i I don't know what. Next year is gonna bring and all this stuff, and my life is flowing. But I feel constantly internally, I feel beat.
1: I mean, damn, bro, you're making you're you're doing you're making a lot of shit, and you're doing a lot of moves because I can see you. But like, damn, that that's pretty heavy to think about. Like, but I'm also in that in that sense, like, I'm not really thinking about the future too much. Maybe maybe because. I'm trying to live In the present more I mean At one point in my life I was like Oh shit I want to be I want to be this guy I want to fucking Make it on Forbes Or shit Like I want to fucking I want to be Steve Or I want to be Fucking Mark You know Mark Zuckerberg Like I want to do that I want to do all this shit Then I come to the realization Like are they They're doing all this shit But are they really happy Yeah Like I got a
0: good story for you <clears throat> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell it to all of you guys Listen right now Um A few months ago, I went to an event. Uh, My buddy invited me out there to um, check out a Michelin event. Um, And they had all, you know, you know me, I'm into food, and they had all these famous chefs out there. Mm. And so, California, so basically, the Michelin star um, basically made California's very first state to to have Michelin stars just for the state. So, before Michelin star was for the country, Mm. right? But now California has its own Michelin guide. So that shows you how powerful California is. Yeah. So they were giving out all of the Michelin stars for California this year. And you can see somebody who was uh, like a one-star go to a two-star. So, you know, its Michelin stars are based out of three stars. And to have one star is tough. I think this year they had like 55 one-star restaurants in California. Damn. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, California is a big category. So for two-star, it was something in the range of, I think, 18 or so. It was under 20. And three-stars was under, I think, seven or something. So it it cuts down major. It's super hard to be a two-star, and it's even harder to be a three-star. So I forget the name of of these two chefs. So I heard this story that there was a husband and wife team that ran a restaurant that was a two-star. So they were a one-star for a while, and then they became a two-star restaurant. And you can imagine any chef is just like, dude, that is a major accomplishment to get two Michelin stars. Big deal. So they ran their business. They, and, and to run at two Michelin stars you gotta operate at a fucked up level. Like, your ability to cater to th- those stars, your stress level just shot up major. Because you can't, like, for one day not be on your game. Yeah. Because if that happens, shit's gonna get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So, they ran their restaurant for, I think, at, at the two-star level, they ran it around three years. Wow. And you gotta think, like, and they were like, yeah, we were making more money, we're doing all this, and, Everybody loved the restaurant, but everybody was happy but them. Yeah. So here's the thing. To operate at two stars, basically what ended up happening was they were working so much more. The husband and wife barely even saw each other. And when they did see each other, they were just sleeping or they never had any quality time because the restaurant demanded so much time and energy. And so what happened was after three years – They basically burnt out and they were like, fuck this, Mm -hmm. I'm done. So they shut down. they made a full announcement saying, hey man, we just want to thank everybody at Michelin Guide and everything for just allowing us to be and, you know, awarding us excellence. But um, we've had our time and we're going to let it go. And it was a a big deal. And I forget the name of the restaurant, but the important thing is that's not really important because the important part of the story is they they let something that they were chasing forever, they let it go. And I think somewhere around a year later, they opened up a, a bakery, a small bakery. And they were like, we love food still. We love to cook. We just don't want to freaking have, you know, that's full on staff. We we don't want to run, make sure that food gets out within like a two minute. Like they were running at a level where it's like, it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, they just opened up a bakery where they just sold baked goods and maybe some coffee and stuff. But the crazy thing is because people knew who they were, people were still going through their shit, right? But at this, what, what's expected now is that they're kind of like these ex two star Michelin restaurant uh, tours but people were still going to the bakery cuz they're like we know they can cook but the stress of operating at that level was now gone yeah so they were kind of they brought it back down to a level where they're now just running something that they're passionate about and not have to worry about keeping up with the Joneses per se and they're still making money right and but they're way more happier and so it's like you have the story of once again that we get to where it's like you meet somebody that you went to school with, and you find out, oh my god, you know they're in finance or whatever, and they work at some major hedge fund company, and you find out like they're making four hundred k, and you're like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Like four hundred thousand dollars—that's a fucking lot of money. But then, like in the conversation I had with Eddie, my thing is like. What are we chasing money for? Just to buy shit? Mm-hmm. Fuck, dude. Like, after a while, that's what maybe the reason why most men go into like a midlife crisis in their 40s because they're like, fuck, in my 30s, I've done everything I wanted to. And now I'm working this job I fucking hate. And like, what's next? I don't know what's fucking next. I'm going to go buy a fucking dumbass car and fucking drive that around. And then fucking, I don't know, maybe my life will get better. And we know that. I mean, I know that because I've had enough cars and cars. And as much as I love cars, people know that I love cars. But the moment I get it and it's my garage, yeah, whatever. I don't, it's like, you, I already got it. Like, getting to your goal was like almost 80% of the fun. Now that it's in your garage, I mean, even when you got the S2000 at first, you're like, oh shit, this is dope. I'm getting S2000, you know? And now you have it. It kind of sits in your fucking driveway and you don't think twice about it if it fucking rains or whatever. It's just fucking there. Right. And so, and even with the cars that I have, I mean, for some people, they might go, oh, dude, you got a dream garage. But shit, it's the same thing. Like, it's fucking, it can be like any car. And you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. But, and I'm not trying to be fucking that type of guy where you're like, oh, this fucking fool don't care about his cars. No, I do care about them. But it's it doesn't hold the same type of fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? So it's So then it kind of goes back to that conversation is like, you work hard, you stress out, you're operating at a two-star, maybe even a three-star restaurant level. And at the end of the day, you keep asking yourself, like, what are we doing this for? Is it because of money or, like, notoriety? Like, they've are already they're they've already been recognized. You've already been recognized as a fucking two-star restaurant. Like, what? I mean, are you going to try to go to a three-star? Like, at what point are you going to say, fuck, like, we did it? Like, mm-hmm. we, can, we can chill out now. Like, we don't have to run a three-star for fucking 12 years or 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that to me is the bigger question because yeah. I feel like Americans, um, th- we're overworked. You know what I'm saying? Because we're constantly feeling like we have to make more money or we have to do this or we have to do that. Or we have to own that super nice whatever so that people are like, yeah, this motherfucker is somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all ego chasing, right? Like, yeah. Literally all ego chasing. It is, and it's it's
0: funny because it's um sometimes when I talk to pro and they're like, oh man, somebody um somebody said um they're trying to be just like you or this and that, and like you got this or that, and I was like, bro, what? what? Like the the thing that's funny about cars is that like I love cars, but unfortunately, like cars is like this very like outlandish trophy, right? Like if I like collecting, let's say specialized walnuts or something that's small <laughs> and I can kind of keep away, it's like it's like nobody would really have to know about it. But because cars are like this big purchase and everyone sees it, it's kind of like it portrays like a certain persona of you, right? When people know like I'm an easy I mean I only wear chucks. You know, my clothes are not named brand. Like I I'm a t shirt type of dude, but it's like there's a there's a certain uh, energy that gives off When you have certain things Right And so My thing is I only care about A handful of Type of things You know Photography is one of them Which I've already You know Taken as far As I feel like I can maybe go And I'm, I'm kind of Jaded in it Cars I almost feel like I'm jaded too Because it's like You know I've owned all the cars That I've want personally wanted You know what I'm saying Minus the F40 But outside of that Like I've owned All the cars I've wanted So to me It's like Well What am I gonna What am I really working for And So To me, it's like having like I love conversations like I love like the last week I've sat down with a lot of different people and talked about life like, yo, what, you know, how is your life? Like, are you happy or like what makes your life happy? Like, truly, you know what I'm saying? And that's like an answer I feel like I'm going to be chasing for some time because like for me to talk about like my buddy Andrew, he's going to have a baby next month. You know, that's, I told him, man, your life's going to change, bro. Like, you know, I know you're a busy dude, but unfortunately what happens is if you don't make time for your child, you're going to have a lot of resentment 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now when you look back and you go, oh shit, man, uh, I had two kids and I was fucking never around for them, Mm -hmm. you know? And those are the things that kind of keep me awake at night because I'm like, man, I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking about how I wasted you know, from, from when Calvin was from ten to twenty years old, I just wasted my time just working, making money. You know, and so like to me, money, I'm not, I'm not motivated by money in that sense because I don't want to get to the point where I regret my life because all I did was chase it for no apparent reason.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, but at the same time, my struggle is like, how do I be present? Like, how do I engage more with my son? You know, because I like having deeper conversations. I like, I like conversation that is a little bit more technical and deeper and my son's only 10 you know and but he at some point he does i know he's gonna be he's mostly like me so i know at some point we'll Very have this. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is like we'll have we'll have those conversations at some point but you know i still want to make sure that i can engage with him now because so that he if you know as long as we keep that communication open as as he gets older we'll have that open line of communication and i don't want that to ever not be there so um and i know from my parents growing up like you know, they had to work because, you know, they had to work. You know, immigrant families have it more difficult, you know. And so um, so for me, you know, looking back now, it's like when we talking about your life, you know, at your age, at 27 and a half and the things that you've done and, you know, how you feel. You know, I know you've been through a lot of emotional feelings in the last month, you know. And it's like, where does that put you? You know, where is your insight for you know, with 30 coming around the corner, like where where do you feel like you are right now and, and how do you feel like you're overcoming your obstacles? Because obviously, like you said, your job creates a lot of anxiety for you because it's very demanding, you know, like it's a lot of work and if you miss one little error, it throws off the whole thing. I mean, that's a pretty fucked up place to be, you know? And so where 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 is your life right now in, in that sense?
1: I mean- Damn, I I barely started this new app for this insurance company. So that's like literally where my life is. But I feel like if I didn't have this app, I really wouldn't wouldn't have any purpose in my life. Um, just being able to help some other company or somebody else achieve their goals. I mean, that makes me a little bit happier just see the tools that I make and see them go into fruitation and see them used day-to-day i think that's that's very awesome but also it's um it's a stressful lifestyle i mean uh, working from home um not being able to talk to anybody or just talking to yourself i mean that's stressful uh what i can say is i've been going to yoga every day (laughs) how's that (laughs) Than helping you um it definitely helps you with your mental blockages i mean you're there for an hour and you're doing your poses holding your poses but the whole time you're just trying to be present in the moment and clear your thoughts uh but all the thoughts still come to you and you sh- work through them well i've been working through them um but dude today was just so hard for me to just like stand in a pose without wanting to break down Uh Like, there's just so much shit going through my head still. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to do my day-to-day and just, look. Do you feel like, looking back now, do you feel
0: like you would have been happier chasing another path?
1: I think about that every day also. (laughs) Um, I think about doing photography and what if i what and where if wherever my career would be and all this stuff but in the short term no because I know that I can do all those things still i I know if I really wanted to, I can drop everything I'm doing now and still chase those goals but like I need the struggle in my life I feel like I feel like if I don't have the struggle and if life was so easy and handed to me then um I, I wouldn't be who I am today.
0: Yeah, I guess um, I guess the other big thing is that um, when you do get into something else, I mean that brings a whole other slew of its problems right like every career path has but like has has baggage, right It's Bro. like <laughs> no career path does not have uh, baggage for the most part. so it's like you kind of have to choose your battles, I guess you know your losses that you're willing to take. And, um, and that's just, that's the reason why I've been so patient recently with all of, you know, the forks in the road for me. Cause it's like, I was just telling my buddy, I was like, instead of choosing left or right at the fork in the road, how about I just sit here? I'm just like, nah, like I'm not ready to go either way. I'm just going to fucking chill right here. Yeah. And then maybe see if some, whatever, whatever happens, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe the weather might change or. You know uh, something might come around where like you know it'll give me a, a different option, and th- the scary part is is that nothing may ever change, and then I'm still gonna be faced with the same options, you know, but it's um and I think that's what brings me a lot of angst today is just that it's constantly feeling like where's the next path, you know what I'm saying like and um and I don't know, you know it's like constantly, and I feel like and I feel so much. I think cuz I I have a lot of empathy energy like I feel like I always really empathize for like your generation and then my son's generation because I start to think about how how just everything is getting super expensive like there's like hyperinflation to the max like everything is like nobody can even afford anything anymore it's like you have to work like freaking you know three you know jobs that you hate just to afford nothing you know, in California, it's like, it's so <laughs> stupid. It's like, I mean, it's like, I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's absolutely true. It's like, you don't freaking, I mean, like how hard you have to work to to live in the, the house that your parents grew up in, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like if if you live in a $600,000 house, like, dude, that's a fucking lot of money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you are, if you didn't have help from your parents and you haven't an, like an okay job, dude, it's it's really not going to happen for you. You're not going to make that in California. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, there's a lot of anxiety built up for uh, the generations that are coming. And I, I understand why millennials are opting not to buy shit and maybe just rent things and just kind of live in the moment. And, but then there's also a scary part to that, right? Like, well, what about your retirement and you know, all of that shit. And so, I don't know, man. And I always say either Skynet or freaking Mother Earth. One of them is going to kill the human race. You know, I mean, I we're, mean,
1: <laughs> we're we're killing the human race right now, bro. Yeah, I mean, we're. I mean, Mother Earth.
0: It's like the more we take from Mother Earth, you know, she's just like, all right, motherfuckers, like game time. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. And she's going to either wipe us out or robots or a- automation is going to wipe us out. So it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff stacking for the human race, man. And I just feel like, um. You know, I saw something recently with um, you know, what's that young girl's name? It's a Greta Greta Thunberg. Yeah, man, I saw something you know where um, you know, she made that that speech. I think last week, a couple weeks ago, and I saw um, some guys in the car community like make this video with her in it, and basically giving her the finger, and so that they're like, "I'm gonna drive my car and basically drive their car and stuff." And it's like, "Damn, dude, that's like a that's a cold world that we live in." Like this girl's out there like living her life to try to bring a little bit. You know, just some better goodness, you know, and people are just like shutting her down for whatever reason because they don't believe in her views or feel like it's a political stunt or whatever the case is. And it's just like, nah, I'm still going to live my life. And it's like, damn, man, you could have just, you could have done all of that without having to shut this girl down. You know what I'm saying? But like, we live in such a cold world. Like, people just don't give a fuck. They don't even care if you're a child or a female or whatever the case is. It's just like, my agenda is my agenda. And if you're not on board, then fuck you. It's like, that's cold, man. That's a cold world. And I I feel like that's a... And it's terrible that almost anybody can voice their opinion. That, like, you can just say something and, like, people can hear it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, to me, those things are a little
1: scary. I mean, it's like a a double-edged sword, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like... Yeah, because it gives a voice to everybody. So if, you know, my thing is, like, you know, just try to do good, but... Shit, I mean, that's a that's a crazy definition, doing good, right? Because it's like, well, good to who? You know, good to what? Like, what's your agenda? And so, um, so yeah, so life only gets harder. I've always said that all the years I've ever known you guys. Like, life is hard as fuck, and life only gets harder and more complicated the older you get. Facts. Um, and, and then, you know, you want to make it more complicated, like, you know, get into a marriage that you don't like and then add a lot of kids on top, and then, you know, a job that you hate, And then all of a sudden like you have a catastrophic formula for unhappiness and mental disease and people want to shoot the world up and stuff and it's pretty fucked up in that sense, you know, and so it's like I try to do what I can to try to bring a little bit of hope I feel like because I feel like, you know, I want I want the world to win, you know, what I'm saying like you want people to be happy, you want people to do good. But at the same time, man, it's like, it's a twisted world. You know what I'm saying? Like people take your words and they'd like to construe it and, you know, find ways to, you know, bring it down. And so it's like, man, no matter how much you try it. And that's the reason why I guess maybe having a good support system is, is key because, you know, it, it it for a creative person. It takes like that one sting of like negativity. And you're just, you question everything you've done. And you're like, fuck, like, Am I even... Am I making an impact? Like, what am I doing? Like, fucking... Should I just move on with my life? And
1: That's me every day.
0: That's me every day, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I miss this fucking semicolon. Oh, my God. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man... I mean, shit. I I can't believe people are are bringing uh, Greta down. Like, that's pretty crazy to think about. It's so funny. I was on her page... um, like a couple of weeks ago, and I remember I was wa-
0: looking at one of her posts, and she said, she said something in 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 the turn, you know, in the light of uh, to my haters. And I was thinking, like in the beginning, I was like, man, who is hating this girl? But man, there are people who don't believe in what she says, and they feel threatened by her, and they literally are haters. It's so crazy. People feel threatened by this girl trying to have you. Be better to the earth, right? They're just like, no, man, fuck that. Like, she's trying to take my car away from me. She's trying to keep planes from flying, and she's trying to keep people from making money. And it's like people feel really threatened. And that's what's really crazy to me is that like all these other agendas are coming to the table, and it's like now it's full assault because they're like they don't even care. It's a child. It's like, no. This person has an agenda. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's what you think it is, but you know,
1: it's fucked up, dude. It's crazy. Wow. I mean, you say one thing and everybody has their own opinion. Yeah, of course.
0: It's, it's like I, I say this, like everyone who goes to the movies watches the same fucking movie. the same exact movie everybody watches. And you come out with a thousand different perspectives on the movie. Yeah. And you're like, did we even watch the same movie? Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, <laughs> that's what's fucked up. It's like you take one thing and it's construed a hundred thousand different ways. And it's like everyone's vocalizing their opinion, everyone's most important. And it's just like, damn, man, like the world's fucked up, man. Like you can't win, bro. Like, because people really want uh you know their agenda to be priority. And so um, so to me, it's like all of these things combined, it's like the purpose of all this and the podcast. And you know, for me, like as Calvin gets older, like I want him to know that. There are messages out there. There are people living lives out there. Uh, It's not, for the most part, all glitz and glamour. You know what I'm saying? Instagram is like 2% of real people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Being vocalized. Yeah, it's it's a big mirage of just like, you know, fuckery, you know, fakery or fuckery or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it's like you sometimes people want to, you know, that escape. So they go to Instagram to do all those things. But really, at the end of the day, it's just that people are yearning for something, and um, they want to show those things off. But at the same time, it lends itself to people really feeling like they're not enough, you mm-hmm. know. And so my thing is, you are enough. You know, you just you just got to realize that you're not at your potential yet, or or even if you're not, it's okay that you're still progressing. You know what I'm saying? To be in a progressive state is just to mean that you are growing you are continuing to learn something and just making better decisions or if it's just a decision just to be happier and not be a fucking negative nancy and say hey look no i don't i'm jealous fuck this guy like he doesn't deserve that i deserve that Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying all that negative energy to me is like man just let that shit go like if that person's doing better than you financially all good bro like if you want those things then get into what you know, get into some sort of financial game, you know what I'm saying? But if you're like being a lazy bastard at home and then you're complaining that money's not coming to you, then like, yo, bro, you, you got other issues, you know what I'm saying? So it's like find purpose in life mm-hmm. and then just kind of work towards that. And it doesn't have to revolve around money, you can, I mean, like, you got a buddy who freaking runs around and freaking does um chases cows and deers and shit, like, that's fucking insane, dude. That's like a pretty amazing thing where you're like i know what my calling is like i i love animals and i love this type of animal so i'm just gonna be an advocate for this like that's pretty insane that you have that type of following and type of that understanding of purpose and most people will never get to that point so that's what's crazy about life is that
1: you can literally do whatever be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Just do
0: it with passion. Exactly. Like just don't be a hater. Like so many fucking haters and the funny thing about hate being ha- being a hater is just that being a hater is so easy. You know what I'm saying? Just to just hate something is like, bro, that's not that doesn't even take a skill. You know what I'm saying? Like to destroy something, there's no skill in destroying something. You just smash and break and stuff. But to build something from nothing, that's a real skill set. So to me, it's like I'm never impressed by people who say shit or this or that. And it's like, yeah, bro, you've you're just destroying. That's that doesn't take a skill. If you want to impress me, show me like how you've made change in your life, in somebody's life, somebody you don't know's life. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that really are important to me at the end of the day. So, um, you know, like with you right now, as you, like I said, as you come pretty close to turning. Thirty years old, like, what are the biggest hurdles you 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 find yourself in? Like, what are the things that you worry about constantly?
1: I mean, I guess of course money is a big one, right? Sure. Um, being able to pay off my parents' mortgage just because I wouldn't want to have them in a situation again where we lose a house again, you know? Right. I guess that's my biggest hurdle, but um, shit, I I feel like I'm still finding myself too. Um. Living life day to day is hard enough, bro. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you feel like um, it feels like as you've gotten closer and closer to inching towards like becoming a monk? I guess you know you're trying to <laughs> more or less free yourself of desires, your desires, and materialism, free your ego. and you know, like all and consuming. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? Like you know, for me, it's like I was telling my wife the other day, like I'll go out and buy something, and she's like. Oh my god, you're just buying something or whatever the case is. I'm like, I'm buying something that's kind of existing. Like I don't like to buy new things because like I don't want to continue that cycle of like producing uh new junk. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of junk is produced today. My thing is like I want to make something or I want to buy something that exists. Like the used the secondhand market for me has always been kind of my home. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I like to find something that has value there or has potential value and um you love getting a good deal. I love getting a good <laughs> deal. Right. And, but not only that, but treasure hunting. And I think that's the reason why I also like getting into older cars is because it's not as easy as walking to a dealership saying, Hey, yo, I want a brand new XYZ. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yeah. We got 80 of them. What color do you want? It's like, dude, that's so easy. Like, anybody can do that. Oh, it's like at the fucking car shows where everybody has this freaking Lambo and it's the same Lambo with the same specs and you're like, yo, there's eight of them, bro.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, but the thing is, it's like, I don't even have the money for this. Oh, no worries. We have financing. Oh, my credit's fucked. It's okay. We finance people <laughs> bad credit. So it's like, if you want something new, like you can just get it. Yeah. But if you want something old, banks don't want to finance you. You got to go and find it. It's not easy to do. Then you got to find out if it's good or not. There's so many things that go behind buying a really good used car, right? But anything out there, like, and I think this is where me and Calvin can really say we hit home on, is he loves going out treasure hunting, right? I told him it's like, it's like a treasure hunt. Because it really is. Because you go out and you'll find something that has, like, tremendous value. Or, like, when I found my little crusade pants at the swami and i'm like yo when i was little i hated being at swami because i was there all the time i had to listen to the supremes and oh my god all this oldie music and just takes me back to a place that i don't like but then when i went there i was like man there's so many things are out here that it's like a treasure trove of, of of stuff right And when i found my film camera mm-hmm. i got i got that for four i got two can i got a film camera and a digital camera for four dollars, with brand new uh, Eneloop batteries and, and a memory card. It's like the batteries dude, are worth more dude, than that. Dude, it's <laughs> so crazy! And then not only that, my film camera ended up being worth like one hundred and twenty-five bucks, and yeah, you know, and it still works. You know, I've been shooting with it. My creuset pants, were I bought that for thirty bucks; they were worth uh, like eighty to one hundred and ten bucks each. You know, so it's like, dude, like, how do you beat that? And plus, you got a great story that came along with it, for the saying, "Oh yeah, I went to." Uh, Walmart and just walked up and paid for it like nobody gives a shit bro like you actually have a story behind you know what you did and so I think more and more to me like I start just gravitating towards stuff that I actually enjoy and just away from things that I don't enjoy and as funny and as simple as that sounds like nobody does it like everyone's just doing shit that they hate Mm -hmm. I, I mean I don't know why it's just People are, so I'm like, what are you doing today? I'm like, yo, you know how we are. Like, we went to a camera show like last month, and I was like, "Ah, I'm probably not gonna enjoy it, bro. You love that. It was it was dope, man. I had actually a good time, and it was a small camera show, but we actually had a good time because we got to see a lot of old stuff, stuff that I haven't seen in forever, or stuff I've never seen. and it's like, you know, you kind of have to, you know, you have to bargain. And there's like a skill set in bargaining, right? Cause you're like, man, this fool is charging over market. You know what I'm saying? Like, this fool's lost his mind. You know, so to try to get somebody from 400 bucks down to like 280. You know, it's like, yo, bro, no, I ain't fucking paying you 400 bucks for that. And mm-hmm. so it's like with Calvin, like, he's learning that art to say, hey, look, nah, man, you're not, I'm not just giving you my money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not worth that. So, to me it's it's like i'm so glad that we can i feel like that's one thing i know that recently like more and more we've just been on the same page with you know and so i think as you start to get older you know there, there might be a point in your career where you're just like man i just don't want to fucking code no more or you might say hey look i only want to do this type of coding or whatever the case is you know but you got to kind of listen to your heart because you'll find that at some point You'll stop just listening And then you'll start To become more and more jaded And then you're just Doing something Just to earn a, a wage Yeah Which is important But you can do a lot of things To make money So it's like Why be miserable You know what I'm saying Like So that's a real question So um, um, I don't know I, Like I said I might end up Having you connect with Eddie And I'm like Cause I was telling you Like Eddie has a really cool job Right He yeah. works as a you know, it's like a, it's a set photographer job. in Hollywood, right? Because <laughs> that, that's a dope job, you know? And, like, I think you would do really great at that because it's kind of right up the alley of, you know, what you do well with. And it's just, like, there's there's work to be had with that, which is cool because none of us really knew that was kind of a, a thing, right? right. So it's like being a professional BTS photographer, but in a really, in the coolest way possible. Like, every single day you're documenting, like, this set, which is... Freaking amazing, dude So Yeah, I think um, And it's just one of those things Like, when you hear those things It's like, man Can that be a reality for me? And yeah The answer is always Fuck yeah Like If you want something Like Motherfucker, go get it Like, who's stopping you? Like, some guy Saying that you can't do that? See, that's that's the thing Like, you gotta You gotta be headstrong And be like, yo Like I want it, man Like, that's something I'm interested in Like, heavily You know And you just go out And find what it is And when Tim, when I at the time when Tim was turning twenty five, and I told him, I was like, "Look, man, this could be tough, man. Hitting thirty is right around the corner, and um, you know, you got to get rid of shit that just doesn't have value in your life, you know." And I told him, like, you know, I know you love your car, but you know, it's just maybe you've already had your time with it, and um, and with you, you might be at that point in your life too. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might be like, you've had your time with the car. Um, or and not just a car, but just anything, and saying, "Hey, look, like where's the next step? Do I need to recede? Meaning, do, do I just need to kind of go back to basics? You know what I'm saying? Or do, am I ready for the next level? You know, whatever the case is, like there's no right or wrong answer. It's just that it's you gotta you gotta consider it, right? And saying, "Hey, look, man, it is time, or it's not time, or whatever the case. But you just gotta ask yourself those questions every now and then." You know, maybe every six months, maybe for you is every April and every October. All right, damn, I got to cleanse my life again. Like, what do I need? What don't I need? You know what I'm saying? Why is my mind so clouded? You know, and you can see in freaking my house, like I'm collecting all sorts of shit, like on a car that I don't even have right now. And <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's just one of those few things. I'm in photography, I'm in cooking and I'm in the cars. Right. And so those things kind of take over my life. But at the same time, like, I don't want it to take over my life. Like, I want my own space for all that. But it's hard having your own space, and that takes its own money. And, you know, life is complicated. Luckily, my wife, I mean, you know, luckily, me and my wife have been on the same page. She knows who I am, how how I operate. And I'm lucky that she's got patience for me because, like. So much patience. It's so much patience. You know what I'm saying? I love you, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, So I, I'm blessed in my life. You know, I, I don't. I'm not pressed in my life right now to push harder than I need to, but I always am because it keeps me alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then also, I think the last two years is is pressed me to become more testing of my principles that I've always preached. You know what I'm saying? It's like now I'm actually get to like really apply it, and I'm in the thick of it, man. It's fucking, it's rough, dude. Like, it's it's not easy, you know. And and every time I've ever Talk to any of the old interns like Leica or whoever the case is and talked about, like, I understand. And they're looking at me like, no, you don't. <laughs> but now, like, I can really say I, I do because I know what it's like to start something from a new industry from the ground up without having any hookups. You know what I'm saying? Like, just trying to make it. And it's hard. For sure, it's hard. So, um, yeah, I mean... What would you say That you would In terms of goals Like what kind of goals Would you have For the next year Like what what's big On your, on your plans That you feel like You need to accomplish
1: Getting out this app But I guess that's just Work in general um, There's a lot of st- I still need to learn Dude A lot about myself too I mean Shit Like I I come to the realization Like I'm Probably not the nicest guy Or like Like I can be an asshole sometimes or like, I don't know, man, there's, there's just so much that you can work on as a person and still grow as a person. Um, especially with family too. And I'm, I think at this point in my life, I'm barely able, barely like forgiving my parents, which is crazy to think about. Like I'm, I'm definitely more open to them talking to my dad a lot more. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, I've had a lot of repressed feelings in my life and I'm just ready to let it go.
0: Yeah, man. You, you gotta let it go because I can see it in your eyes right now, you know, like it's, and this is stuff that happened some time ago, but it's, it's like, you know, like I said earlier, there was probably a lot of things that your dad was probably facing that he didn't know how to communicate, you know what I'm saying? Like, like with my dad, like there are things like, you know, my dad, my dad's kind of strange in the way he delivers his messages. Like right after Cal's birthday, like as he was saying goodbye, he goes, oh, I need to talk to you next time. I was like, my dad's always setting up for the next conversation. And it's like, that bugs me. Like, just, dude, if you need to say something, just say it. But my dad always like, oh, I need to talk to you tonight or next time I see you, we need to talk. And I was like, like, are we going to even remember this conversation? Like, but that's how my dad is, you know what I'm saying? And so like, like I said, like I can, just from being an, an empathetic person and I'm trying to think about where your dad's headspace was when all of that was going down. You saying like nobody knew, like, man he was carrying that burden you know what i'm saying like he knew what was what was probably going to happen hoping that it didn't and when it happened it was probably like man he had a real oh shit moment like fuck like this is going down you know and <clears throat> that's that's really really difficult man and i really like um i empathize with that so you know you have these feelings that you still are triggered by cuz i could still see it but you know, for you to really let go and find peace in your heart, it's just to say, hey, man, like, what what kind of benefit did you get from all of those experiences, right? Like, it made you tough, man. Like, believe it or not, like, imagine, like, if that didn't happen to you. Like, you're, you'd be still living in this fantasy land. Like, oh, like, mortgages just get paid and shit. Like, guess what? They fucking don't. You know what I'm saying? When you fucking, when the money's not flowing, shit gets fucking real. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you gotta know that that, that's a real experience you had. You know? And a lot of kids today, they take that shit for granted. You know? Like, oh, shit, milk and cereal just don't grow from the cabinets in the refrigerator? Like, no, bitch. It fucking doesn't. Like, it takes money. Like, everything takes money. But we're so used to just having shit. Like, people feel so entitled. Kids feel so entitled that shit just happens. And... Like it's like oh this is my house like who who else owns this house yeah motherfucker the banks own this house yeah you know what I'm saying and so t- for that to happen to you that was like a real fucking moment like shit like damn that is tough you know what I'm saying so it's like without your dad at the time because you guys were young so for your dad to say hey look you guys need to fuck school and go make some money and help contribute like shit I mean if he was real if he was a real hard ass he would have been like no go fucking get a job. I need money. I'm fucking, the business is not making money and fucking we're going to lose this house. He didn't say that to you guys. He was trying to fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to give your parents credit because at the time, like once again, like they probably didn't have many options. You know what I'm saying? And and when it happened, it happened. And so where does that leave you? You know, like you had a real ass experience. Um, You grew from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what that feeling was like? That feeling is never going to leave you. Like, that feeling is always going to remind you of a scar. Like, to get a knock on the door saying that you got to leave your own house. And that's fucked up because your house is your house. That's like your sanctuary. So to lose that, like, that's a real check. Like, as you get older, as you start to get more responsible, like, you're going to not want that to happen to your kids. But at the same time, like, if shit happens, you got to know your family's got your back. You know what I'm saying? Like... Hey, like my son knows, I always remind Calvin, I'm like, look, there's a lot of shit in your life that you you should be grateful for, but you just expect it, because your life is different from my life, the way I grew up, so I always remind my son, like, look, that's not normal, the way you wake up, the way you're homeschooled, you know, the, the freaking that we tell you to go race, like, shit, I wish I had your life, motherfucker, like, you have it so easy, like, it's crazy, so, like, I always had to remind Calvin, like, that's not normal, like, You know what I'm saying Like there's so many entitled kids today They just expect shit Yeah And it's like a constant reminder that Hey look Guess what If you don't fucking keep up You're gonna fucking get wrecked You know what I'm saying So just to hit that minimum To me it's like growing up Like I always tell myself If you have your minimum covers Like your cost covered Man like You're good You're doing pretty good You know what I'm saying Growing up from that little kid mentality But being above that all right, man, like, you know, you're in a good place. Like you're not struggling and to struggle at the base is really, really tough. And so now that you guys are older, all of you guys are kind of working and stuff like you guys are in a better position to help out and contribute. But at the same time, you know, as you're contributing to the family, you're like, damn, man, I still feel like there's a lot of me that's not getting fulfilled. Well, I mean, those are the things that you're going to have to be more wiser about. And I'm telling you, it doesn't get easier. I mean, if you ask, if you had a conversation with me five years ago, you know, when I was at 34, I had just gotten the NSX and, you know, I was like, you know, just staying positive and working hard and it was a different conversation back then. Yeah, for sure. But today I'm like, shit, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, like, life's hella confusing, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a struggle um, that is constantly, like I said, that's being reminded. And so, um, life is always over, like, changing. And so when somebody may be comfortable today, you know, next year, they might not be so comfortable, you know? And so it's like a constant reminder that like life is a real fucking thing. Like life changes and life shifts. So, you know, as you enter into your 30s, you know, just know that it ain't gonna get easier. It's probably get more expensive. Um, all of the things that come with adulting, man, it's a real fuckery, dude. So um, be smart, spend money wisely you know what i'm saying that's like the biggest thing like stop spending your money on dumb shit um and just be cautious with the way um things happen and if you do that pay off all your bills then you can have some more options without being stressed about having a job that needs to make 150 250 350 400 whatever the fuck you need to survive you know what i'm saying like you can get by with a lot less if you just stop spending like you know what i'm saying like your wallet's on fire like a lot of people live that way mm-hmm. like they're itching to spend the money they got so um so yeah i'm so looking back you know in 2011 you know you went from just getting out of school to freaking just being an assistant to start coding and doing, doing web stuff and still an assistant I, still <laughs> an assistant. I mean, we're all fucking, to be honest, we're all in an system. Somebody fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, to your clients, your boss, whatever the case is. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is, is finding contentment in your life. And, um, you know, and of course, your family's life. That's, I think, most important of all, of all. But, you know, don't chase materials. Because as much as we live in a society that preaches that you should have nicer things, those things ultimately, at the end... Don't lead to a better uh, contentment of life, you know. And I can say that personally, after owning, in photography, I've owned every single equipment I could ever have wanted. In cars, I've owned all the cars I've wanted. Yeah. Like you know, I've I've done those things, and I can hundred percent say it doesn't lead to a better place. Like if you had eighty cameras.
1: No, no, no. We've we've been here. I mean, yeah. you have eighty cameras, but you you have nothing to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we did that back in the day. An experiment. That's so funny, you know. And like we and, we we went out with the best gear, <laughs> the best shit ever. We're like, what are we shooting? You we, filling we, we, up your gas tank? Yeah, right. <laughs> we had one mission. We went uh, we, we grabbed a bunch of gear
0: and said, hey, look, we just want to come back to see if we can at least have some good content post online. And we came back with me filling my truck up with gas, and that was it. That was after like. An hour and a half It was lit It was lit (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was lit man It was so bad And I think at the end of the day uh, It doesn't matter what you got man You got to be prepared And you got to have a lust for life And you got to be You know You got to have purpose And if you did All of that stuff We could have shot down an iPhone It would have been better You know what I'm saying And so um, And I think that's just The biggest thing in life Is just to um, Just to calm calm down Collect yourself Find purpose and with that, it'll lead to a better place. But, um, you know, with you, I know that, um, you know, like I said, you, there's still a lot of things you're working out. And hopefully, maybe next year when we converse about this stuff, it'll be a different energy. Um, maybe like you've maybe had found a new career or your career got better, or better clients, or you let some of this negative energy in your life go. And that way you find new purpose in your life and it allows you to maybe get to a better place. And so. Um, do you have before we part? Do you have any advice for the 18 year old you? Um, back then, like what would you tell yourself today?
1: Cut out all the bullshit and really speak how you feel. Um, don't bottle shit in. There you guys
0: go, man. It's, um, you know, life is, um, uh, it's too short to, uh, to, to keep it all in And um, you know At the end of the day um, I think a lot of introverts Do that right They kind of like Just They hold it in Until you
1: explode Until you <laughs> explode
0: right That's how introverts go They go until They explode um, You know I've always been I've always ran my life on My mouth all my life So like I never get to the point Where I explode So uh, you gotta let it out man As your feelings come If you feel a certain way If you feel triggered man Just, just allow it to be You know what I'm saying That way you don't have to blow up You know you Just let it out In small specks And, um, but for all you guys listening out there, um, thank you for tuning in. I know it's, uh, these podcasts, they kind of go all over the place, but really it's just talking about life and life's challenges and, um, shit is hard, man, for sure. You know, sometimes we'll talk to people where everything's going great. And sometimes we'll talk to people where things are not going so great, but, uh, it is what life is, you know, life is made up of things that, uh, challenge us and, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes the challenges get to the best of us, but hopefully at some point um, we can get past that hurdle and um, make the best for the future. And and hopefully we can spread that good cheer. And so if you guys are out there and if you guys are struggling, uh, reach out. Uh, reach out to somebody um, who you feel like can make a difference in your life and maybe you can start up a conversation. And, um, you know, that's all it starts with. So I appreciate you guys. And um, we'll uh, check you guys out on the next one. Thank you, Lord, for being here.
1: Thank you.